Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. What you've got here is Merrick Garland testifying, trying to answer questions from Senator Tom Cotton, Senate Judiciary Committee. And what you have is Tom Cotton asking, have you ever looked into how Senator Cinema was followed into a bathroom? Because she was. The Democratic Senator from Arizona was followed into a bathroom because she won't vote a certain way. Did you ever look at that as harassment? You're talking about school boards. You're all about the school boards. But have you ever looked into the harassment of Senator Cinema? And he's like, well, I, I guess that matter question of whether or not it was ever referred to the Justice Department. Whether or not it was referred to the Justice Department. In what world was it not referred to the Justice Department? You're, it's, a, it's a basic question. Meanwhile, he's trying to answer. School board letter and news reports. News right. report. One of the news reports cited in that letter, which you presumably mean... Is from Loudoun County, Virginia. No, that's Scott, not. That is not um, uh, what I was talking about. Well, talking about- you keep citing news reports, and no. that's the most prominent news report that anyone in America has seen. That refers to Scott Smith, whose 15-year-old daughter was raped. She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. We're all aware of this, aren't we? That's Senator Tom Cotton speaking from Arkansas. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Students engaged a walkout in Loudoun County schools because of this. Understand what happened. A so-called transgendered student. And I'm saying so-called because I've seen some interesting bits of reporting. I'm also saying so-called because we have to put an end to allowing students to make this decision. This is wrong. If schools want to tell us, as they often do, that the safety of our students is the top priority, allowing them to choose their own gender is not safe. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous practice, and it should not be allowed. Children, including 14-year-olds, have to be protected most often from themselves. They're allowed to feel a certain way. That's different than acting out in a certain way. And this requires parents to stand strong, to love their children enough, as I see it, to say to them, I hear, I hear you. But that isn't what you, you do yet. You've got a lot of thinking to do here and a lot of growing to do here, and then you can make decisions. That is what I believe is responsible. It is irresponsible for schools to allow this to take place. It is irresponsible if they want to make the claim that they see the safety of our children as the top priority, as they like to call it, and then allow them to engage in activities that don't keep them safe. Meanwhile, this transgender student attacked a girl in a bathroom. They attacked her in a bathroom. I shouldn't say they. I apologize. He attacked her in the bathroom. The school board then went after the father of the girl who got attacked. 
The school board said we didn't know anything about it. The superintendent said we didn't know anything about it. They knew about it that day. They lied. And they lied because they didn't want to upset the trans agenda. I don't care about the trans agenda. It's a meaningless proposition to me. I want people to live their lives, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't get it, even if I don't approve of it. No one needs my acceptance. You go live your life. But kids are different. And if we're not going to discuss girls getting attacked in bathrooms by boys because it hurts the transgender uh, transgender agenda, then to hell with the transgender agenda. Now, I don't even know if there is a transgender agenda. But if you're talking about an agenda of wokeness and leftism and the destruction of, of culture, well, then yes, to hell with that agenda for sure. For sure. Back to Senator Cotton. That man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator, anyone whose uh, child was raped as, uh, is a, the most horrific crime I can imagine and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to c- protest to their school board about this. But he was cited is, by the School Board Association that's fine, as a but domestic that's not, terrorist, which we now know that letter and those reports were the basis for your... No, th- this no, is, Senator, this is that's wrong. Shameful. Judge, that's, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. Okay, that's not Th- correct. Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You that- should resign in disgrace, Judge. Well, dang. Now, by the way, thank goodness Merrick Garland is not on the Supreme Court. And this is just one of the many, many reasons why I'm not as angry at Mitch McConnell as other people. I'm just not. I'm just I'm just not, but that was some that was some rough questioning right there. From Tom Cotton. But he makes an interesting point. If you side and go along with the idea that parents are domestic terrorists, you're saying that you are are, are a condoner of certain activities. Like, for example, school boards silencing parents. And school boards don't have the right to silence parents. Do parents need to be people who are acting appropriately? I would say yes. But being loud doesn't mean they're not acting appropriately. The best is when I see the sign. I've seen this in my beloved Indiana many, many times. I see, you see people say, the kids are watching. Well, good. They should be watching. They should be watching and seeing the terrible job these school boards are doing by silencing the parents. They should see it. They should witness it. They should be fully aware of it. I personally am very, very glad uh, that they're watching. This is this is very, very comforting. They're watching. Oh, parents, better not do this. The kids are watching. Uh, the kids have watched a lot of things. The kids have watched a lot of things. This was Senator Cornyn. The senator from uh, from Texas asking questions of Merrick Garland. Partners. Well, Mr. Attorney General, you've acknowledged that parents have a right, a constitutional right, to be uh, heard on the education of their children in public schools. Can you imagine the sort of intimidation, the sort of uh, bullying impact that a memorandum from the Department of Justice would have and how that would chill the 
willingness of parents to exercise their rights under threat of federal prosecution. Did you consider the chilling impact your memorandum would have on parents exercising their constitutional rights? The only thing this memorandum is about is violence and threats of violence, and it opens with a statement. But my question is, did you consider the chilling effect this would have on parents' constitutional rights? To say that the Justice Department is against violence and threats of violence. Did you consider the chilling effect your memorandum might have on parents exercising their constitutional rights? I think you can answer that yes or no. What I considered, what I wanted the memorandum to assure people that we uh, uh, recognize the rights of spirited debate. And Mr. That- Attorney General, you're a very intelligent and accomplished lawyer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's intelligent and he's accomplished, but uh, he is not answering the question. This whole concept of unintended consequences, I'm going to get into that conversation with Phil Kirpin uh, a little bit later because we only think that we understand how bad these vaccine mandates are on on business side. We haven't really taken the longer look of what it's doing on the federal side. That's a crazy story in and of itself. There was no look at intended or unintended consequences. None. Why Why would there have been? There was no reason for them to look at this and say, hmm, this letter means what? The objective was to silence the parents. Let's say it again. Let's do this again. Take me on. Do you believe that the objective wasn't to silence parents? If you believe the objective of the letter from the Justice Department wasn't to silence parents, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. This letter that was written by the National School Board Association, it seems in conjunction with the White House. was only to keep parents from speaking out by calling them domestic terrorists. That is what Merrick Garland did indeed sign on to, even if that wasn't the intent. Ah, the unintended consequence. Let's bring it now to Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, who's asking the questions, and he's always, he's always good for a laugh. Suggesting ways that parents could be prosecuted school board mayor uh, for, for appearing at school board meetings in accordance with your directive and one of the uh, suggestions made by your US attorney is parents can be prosecuted for repeated telephone calls not threatening anyone just on the theory that Repeated telephone calls could be harassment. Really? Senator, I haven't seen that memorandum. I've I've tried to express as clearly as I can here. I I, I heard you, General, but this is one of your U.S. attorneys. Senator, Again, I haven't seen... Isn't that special? General, you're just a vessel. Well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. With respect to the National School Boards Association letter, you're just a vessel, aren't you? 
I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I signed this memorandum. I worked on this memorandum, and this memorandum is my memorandum. Well, let me, let me tell you what I mean. We, we know that the National School Board Association was upset because parents were coming to school board meetings to object to the teaching of critical race theory. We know that uh, in drafting the letter, the National School Board Association collaborated with the White House for several weeks. They worked on it together. And we know that the National School Board Association, once the White House and the, the association were happy with the letter, the National School Board Association sent the letter to the White House, and the White House promptly called you and said, Sick the FBI on parents at school board hearings. And that's what I mean. That, 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 that the White House is the prophet here. You're just the vessel. Isn't that correct? Senator, I do not speak with anyone from the White House as while I worked on this memorandum. This memorandum reflects my views that we need to protect public officials from violence and threats of violence while at the same time protecting parents' ability to object to policies. Right. I, I get that. I've heard your with. testimony. Were, were you worried that you would be fired if you didn't issue the memorandum? <laughs> Senator, I'm not worried. I, I, I decided on this memorandum on my own. I don't care. Um, I, I said from the very beginning, I've taken this job uh, to uh, protect the Department of Justice, to make independent determinations with respect uh, to prosecutions and investigations, and I will do that. Okay. I'm, not I'm, I'm about sorry to interrupt, fire. General, but I don't have much time. Um, now, when you when you got the letter that from the White House that that prompted your memorandum to give the FBI new duties and making sure our parents aren't dangerous domestic terrorists, you didn't investigate before you issued your, your memorandum, the incidences cited in the letter, did you? Look, I took the, uh, a statement by the National Association, which represents thousands of school board members, um, when they said that they were facing violence and threats of violence, and when I saw in the news media reports... Yeah, but you didn't investigate the incidents in the letter, did you? No, the, uh, this is the first step. This is an assessment step. It comes before investigations. The, the purpose right. Is before you issued your memo, you didn't investigate the incidents. The, mem the memo is intended to begin assessments. It is intended and, to And, ask. in fact, m most of the incidents in the letter were, did not involve threats of violence, did they? I think that's correct. Most of them did not, yeah. and they would not be covered by either federal or state law. I agree with that, and they would be protected by the First Amendment. But threats of violence are not covered by the can, First Can we agree that we have thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of kids growing up today who are more likely to commit a crime than, uh, than, than, and go to jail than own a home or get married. I don't, I don't know about the comparative statistics. I do know there are too many people who are committing crime. And one of the reasons for that is lack of parental involvement, isn't it? I think parental involvement is essential. I think it's the key both to bringing up good kids. So, uh, so why do you want to issue a memorandum 
listing incidents that you didn't investigate, my, my that anybody who has any fair-minded knowledge of the world knows is going to have a chilling effect on parental involvement with respect to what their kids are learning at school. I just want to be clear again, Senator. My memorandum did not list any of those incidents. Come on, General. We both know this had a chilling effect. You don't think there are parents out there in the real world that said, oh, my God, maybe we, we, we shouldn't go to the school board meeting. There'll be FBI agents there. My, my we live in a this isn't long, long land. I tried to make clear as clear as I could, and now I have subsequently made clear in every public statement on the man. Your, your actions made it clear, General. Let me ask you one. That is absolutely right. I do love Senator Kennedy. The actions made it clear. And trying to chill parents is what it was all about. See, sometimes our representatives actually do a good job. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. We're going to have to get into this radio conversation sooner or later. So remind me, we're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to get into some changing things in this world of ours. And how more important this is becoming and how more, how much more perilous this is all getting. Just trust me on this. I, 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 want, to, I want to dig in with you. I absolutely positively want to dig in. Tony Katz, so great uh, to be with you. The White House is completely, completely lost on what's happening in reality. And I want to prove it to you by sharing something that they said, which normally would be nothing more than them just trying to stay away from a, a bad story or a bit of an insult. Not the way they did it. It is very clear and very obvious that the White House doesn't know how bad things are, how bad they look in the larger scheme of things, that this hasn't worked. And America may very well have learned, may, that the people who talk a big game but have no life experience can't actually lead. This is the story of Let's Go Brandon. I'm not trying to make a joke. You got to hear it to believe it. Stay right here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Project Veritas has those working for Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey on tape saying if he wins this uh, re-election... Vaccine mandates across the state of New Jersey happening. Done. He wins. It's off to the races. Done, 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 done. No one's surprised. No one is surprised. You take a look at moves made by Gavin Newsom in California post-recall. No one would be surprised by this. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is great to be with you. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. The phone number. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. The, the this this love of mandate is is madness. I'll get into some more about what's going on with the FDA uh, coming up in a little bit. But I, I I wanted to share 
this most innocuous story, innocuous story, and it's not the one where the Biden team has released their gender equity plan, which I brought up briefly yesterday. No, no, no. That's to show their level of unseriousness. The Chinese have a hypersonic missile. They're making moves on Taiwan. The entirety of the strategy in the Pacific Rim is about to change. They are working aggressively to steal technology while engaging in billions of dollars of investment in Africa and in South America to have their own supply chains, specifically food supply chains, as to not be reliant on the United States. And we have a gender equity plan. It's ridiculous. It is without question, embarrassing. It's embarrassing! We should be people who treat each other well. We should not be people who ever believe in equity because equity means equality of outcomes. And that should not be anything that government gets near. Once you have a government engaging in equalizing outcomes, you no longer have a free society. And the people who push equity are wrong. And I say this about schools and school districts that have these DEI officers. If you want to equalize, normalize uh, in in some level of methodology, change outcomes, you're a bad person. That's all. That's all there is. You're just wrong. What you're doing is dreadful and sinful and ugly, and you should stop. And it's why I would remove every DEI officer there is from colleges, from universities, from workplaces, and from schools. Because they are engaged in something that isn't something of value. If I meet a CEO who tells me they need a diversity officer, I haven't met a good CEO. And sometimes CEOs are good for different things. I had a tech company for a while. I was a crap-ass CEO. I was terrible. I put the the entire company's failure on my shoulders. It, it was me and, and, and my partner, who's way smarter than me, who had the idea. I just knew how to talk, always knew how to talk. You know what I couldn't talk? Tech. It was a tech company. I couldn't do it. I tried and I tried and I listened and I, I, I learned and I studied. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, could not sell it. You know, and unbelievably infuriating that is. It's one of the reasons I talk and I don't write as much is that I can share an idea here far better than I could ever write it down. And I couldn't do it. It blew my mind. I was a crap-ass CEO, yet it never dawned on me that I would need a diversity officer to tell me if somebody had talent, somebody had a skill set that could help the business. Wasn't necessary. You think I need to know everybody's backstory. I actually believe that you should know the people you work with. I think that that actually does create value. You understand them, and not everybody gets managed in, in, in the same way. People respond to different things. But I think that the best way to go about this is to have an understanding of here's what we're trying to do. We collaborate on doing it together. We each play our role. 
We have a recognition that the best idea is the best idea, not because I came up with it or because you came up with it, but because the best idea is the best idea. And we leave everything else at the door. All the problems in your life are left at the door when you come to work because work is the place that allows you to have the opportunities to deal with the issues. That's the way I view it. Always been the way I view it. When you're here, let's do the thing. It doesn't have to be nasty. It doesn't have to be rude. We can have a good time while we do it. It doesn't mean that we won't have a personal story every now and again. It means that we leave the other issues outside. We focus on the things here. Because this thing, when successful, allows us to handle all the other things. The idea that we have these diversity officers in schools is not to teach kids how to understand other cultures, other people. It is to try and normalize an idea of how we get the outcomes. And that's obscene. And you have seen this in school districts when they get rid of, for example, honors programs or advanced math, gifted and talented, etc. There is no value in this. It's destructive. And their response is, well, it makes the other students feel bad. Honestly, teach the other students how to deal with the disappointment. But little Johnny is really good at math and real Susie is really good at math. And therefore, we're going to have them in a class that's four steps ahead because they can do that. They want to tell you that that's racist. It's racist for kids who excel at math to uh, uh, to excel at math? No. What's bigoted is varsity football. There is nothing I can think of that is more bigoted than varsity football. The idea that you rank these kids as best okay and garbage they're either varsity or jv or what they get they get to play flag football no 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 no. what you need to do is start having the jv kids playing on the varsity team and you got to start on friday nights in texas get back to me let's see how that goes don't tell me about who's best for the position i need equity on the football field So everybody's going to play. The JV kid is going to play. The JV kid is going to play on Friday night when it's fourth down and you have to score to win. Put him in, coach. Or her. I don't care. But no one ever talks about that. And I'm not about to go another day without talking about the bigotry of varsity football. If you want to deal with equity, you want to deal with outcomes. And I simply can't tolerate that because it avoids the necessity and the value of the meritocracy. A national strategy on gender equity and equality is also madness because the Chinese have a hypersonic missile and I would like it if our leadership was focused. Your desires for equity aren't as important as defeating the Chinese. They're not. I've ranked these things. Defeating the Chinese is top of the list. Your equity nonsense horse trash garbage is near the bottom. But it does come above uh, uh, Hunter's artwork. So, you know, you got that going for you. No way, wait. If you're talking about the ethics issues, that does come above the equity things. You're right. You're right. You're right. Notice I didn't say treat people poorly. 
I don't believe in treating people poorly. But if you've got a national strategy on gender and, and equity and equality, and it's all about ending cash bail and reforming our pretrial system, you're not serious. You are maddening, nonsensical leftists who don't understand America. Well, maybe that's a win for a guy like me and someone like you because they can't win an election like this. They can't win an election like this. Dana Perino had a great commentary about this. I'll I'll get to it in a little bit. You can't possibly be this disconnected from the American people. I would argue that's impossible. How how could you be so completely out of touch with where America is and pushing this idea? The answer is let's go, Brandon. Now, for those of you who don't know, you see, that's just it. You all know. You all know let's go, Brandon, is the line that, that was utilized in an interview with a NASCAR driver. You have a reporter. NBC reporter after a NASCAR race and the winner was Brandon Brown and and the, the reporter is talking to Brandon Brown and the crowd is chanting. The crowd is chanting. And and what is the crowd chanting? Blank you Biden. No, 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 not blank you Biden. Blank Joe Biden. This has been going on on, on campuses, everywhere at football games, pro games, all sorts of athletic events. Blank Joe Biden. I'm not saying it's a nice thing to do. That's not my argument. My argument is, in a society that has no other way to speak out, they went with this. It's pretty telling. And it's pretty telling that it's picked up all over the country. It's incredible. So here is this interview. Brandon Brown is is a winner of a NASCAR race. Here's the reporter uh, talking to him, and the crowd is is chanting blank Joe Biden. And the reporter says, man, so much energy here, and the people are, are, are chanting, let's go, Brandon. How do you feel? The crowd was not chanting, let's go, Brandon. That did not happen. And I'm actually convinced that the reporter in this case, whose name I don't know, I don't think she was trying to cover for the president. I think she was trying to cover for the cursing going on on her network and decided to change it on the spot. I think it's actually a a bit of brilliance. Absolute brilliance. I got nothing against her whatsoever. But the minute you heard that the chant was, let's go Brandon and not blank Joe Biden, off to the races let's go brandon t-shirts let's go brandon hats there's a song that was number one on itunes maybe it still is for all i know i never heard it but doesn't matter people went out of their heads it was hilarious and it's still hilarious and it's still just a a fantastic meme people making fun of it this brings us to the white house the washington post reporting Administration officials sought to downplay the phenomenon of the chanting, and at least one claimed to be unfamiliar with the Let's Go Brandon chant or its cruder cousin, which is the blank Joe Biden, though they are now chanted everywhere from football stadiums to concert arenas to local bars. Andrew Bates, who's a White House spokesman, said the following, I had never heard of that chant until you explained it to me. 
Now, the follow-up, I have not shared this with producer Ari yet. I, Millennial Ari, here you go. The follow-up is, I guess I'm not spending enough time on 8chan or whatever. I, Meaning, uh, I'm not going to comment on this. This White House is going to pretend they never heard it and then say it's just some fringe thing on a message board? I just, it's believable. I just. It's not believable. I, anything's plausible. Are you kidding me? So let's now go down this line. Let's say you want to believe that's plausible. That You're, you're a special flower producer, Ari. What? I, I, hold on a second. Let me tell you why. I'm not mad at you. You know what the rest of the country says? This White House really is out of touch. Completely and totally out of touch. They don't know what's going on around them. They don't know what's going on. They think a national gender and equity policy moves middle America, or really anybody in America. It moves the people in Washington, D.C., and that's it. Let's go, Brandon, is a cultural phenomenon, and you're going to pretend you haven't heard of it? This is embarrassing. Embarrassing. There are a lot it's of dumb people. In, <laughs> there are a lot of dumb people in Washington, Tony. It's not that hard for me to believe. If you think America believes the White House when they say, "Oh, we didn't hear that. Oh, we haven't heard that." No. Of course they heard it. Of course they heard it. And not being able to roll with the punches. Not being able to, to, to say, hey, we're just so thankful we were able to get the vaccine out there to allow people back in stadiums. Thank Joe Biden for that. Right? That's how you spin it. They said, hmm, never heard of that. Must have been on the 8chan. Wait till they start calling it the internets. Embarrassing. Out of touch. And when... Uh, uh, it's presented to them. They go about proving it wait, by wait, you're lying. Talk, you're talking specifically about the "Let's Go Brandon" chant. Yeah, well, let's. Well, I'm using that as the example oh, here. Yes. No, you're. I misunderstood. No, you're completely right. Like they're lying. That's 100 percent true. That's 100 percent true. I thought you were talking about something else. You're. You're okay. correct. Thank you very much. Even producer Ari thinks I'm right, guys. Yeah, I misunderstood your first question. No, you're. You're dead ass right. Someone's got to put that on a T-shirt. Dead ass right, Tony Katz. Seriously, get the printer going. Let's do this. I'm Tony Katz. Dead ass right. The firearm that was used in the killing of Helena Hutchins was an F. Lee Pieta Long Colt 45 revolver. That is the official word. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. According to the Santa Fe County Sheriff, Adam Mendoza, it says here Adam, so maybe that's his name, A-D-A-N. There was other ammunition in the gun that we believe was fired by Mr. Baldwin. As of right now, there were three firearms that were located on the set within close proximity to the incident. Of course, this is the shooting of the cinematographer on the set of the movie Rust by uh, 
Alec Baldwin, actor-producer, on uh, the film. Did he check the firearm? Did the first assistant director check the firearm? Did the armor check the firearm? What happened here? This during, they were blocking for a scene. It's rehearsal. Also hearing that they're not 100% sure where Alec Baldwin is, but he is cooperating. Huh. I wonder if anybody else would get that deal. The FDA approving a vaccine for kids 5 to 11. Ted Cruz taking apart TikTok. Oh, and inflation is here to stay. I'm Tony Katz.